1: is up everyone welcome to episode 350 of on the corner here live at first pitch arizona and what's becoming kind of a uh an annual tradition because i'm not alex fast unfortunately i am for the second year in a row miles nelson here live with as
2: always nick pollock what is happening uh not unfortunately miles is a wonderful wonderful host he will not tell you but i will and i'm very lucky to have you here who needs alex Huh? He's not going to listen to this anyway. <laughs> so, I uh, the yeah. pe- the, Who needs pe- him?
1: the people need and want Alex Fast. And yesterday, <laughs> yesterday they got Alex Fast. They did. For a good 45 minutes around yeah. pitcher consistency, volatility, yeah. and something that I think it will be really interesting to look forward to uh as we, you know, move into 2023, but I think there's a lot of other interesting things looking into 2023 about pitching, about the pitching landscape. And so why don't we just get right into it? Because I know you're dying to talk about these guys. Sure. So the first question I have for you is: In 2023, can Brandon Drury repeat his 2022 performance?
2: Actually, yeah. This is the one. This is the one or two players that I did scouts honor with Nick and Alex Baseball. show. I picked
1: of all the hitters to try to tell yeah. you with. I picked one you can actually. I speak can actually on. answer.
2: Brandon Drury has incredible swing decisions. Uh, watching him in the batter's box, he does good things. Watch Cattell Marte, and he does bad things. I believe in Brandon Drury. Should Scott Chu be worried uh, now that you can talk about hitters? Oh God, Scott Chu's here. Never mind. Um, I don't. Who's Brandon Drury? Brandon <laughs> Brewery, right? Brandon, Brandon Brewery. Oh man. But no, no. We're gonna talk about uh, pitchers for 2023. Yes. Last year we talked about we retrospective did. of 2022, and we realized you know what? It's kind of more fun to look ahead, right? You yeah. guys don't want to hear things that you already know about. You want to hear maybe some interesting takes and and uh, feelings about these pitchers for the future. So we have different categories. Yeah,
1: right. listen, we're uh, in, in the spirit of a lot of different uh, places and, and podcasts and, and whatnot. We're doing the five burning pictures, you know, like five burning, burning. questions. And listen, we're in Arizona. But we're not burning because it, it is cold. so cold here. It's the coldest desert it's I've cold ever been in. New York. But first, let's talk about the five burning pitchers for you, the five pitchers you're most interested in, the five pitchers you're the hottest on when it comes to burning pitchers. So this isn't necessarily your – When it comes to burning pitchers only, though. Yeah, the ones that we light on fire. So that's Corbin all Burns
2: is number one. There you
1: go. So we're not talking about your top five pitchers. We're not talking about the guys you've ranked one through five. I, I want to know who are you going to have the closest eye on? Who are you – most interested in seeing what they bring to the table yeah. uh, come next season. So, so
2: okay. So I took this as the five pitchers. I think I'm hoping to get in my draft. That so works far. too. That that's another
1: form of interest.
2: Yeah, I know. I, I mean, there are a lot of things that might repeat in this one. I'm I'm just very interested in them, even as like not even hey for my fantasy team, but as I do the roundups, as I'm a human so being, curious to just see how their uh, their season uh, transpires ahead. Also, this is gonna change. I mean, this is November fifth right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, I did my rankings top two hundred and uh, it's Would been a couple can, weeks. Yeah, since you can then. find it on pitcherlist.com. Really? Yeah, www.pitcherlist.com. Oh my god, what a site. That sounds like such a great site. Twitter.com. The, the greatest slash free player pages out there that everyone can access. They're I will wonderful. be using the player pages to Oh, keep thank up you. With Unlike Fast, who has fan graphs and other places, which are wonderful, but then like he sees me looking at them and then changes it to Pitcherlist. <laughs> Well, here's the
1: thing. I'm like, what are you doing? Why why are you doing that? Are any of the Fangraphs people in this room? No, I'll get away with it. They don't, you know. No, no, no. Ariel, (laughs) put your hand down. Get out of here. Okay, but you have not given a name. So to quote Rob Silver, uh, add value. Add value. value. uh, Oh, man. Give a name you Who's know someone you're he did, actually he interested let in. let me
2: get to the point of adding value you know you gotta well, i'm giving you the moment now steve jobs didn't tell people about the iphone until the end of the presentation okay you have to let it sit in you got to understand what they're expecting so and then say, what, you're you know, saying, what they expect a thousand dollars for this but this is only five hundred you gotta
1: set them up so you what know? you're saying is 45 minutes from now you'll give them names Yes. Okay, fantastic. And
2: also give them now. So the first one is Dre Jameson. Mm. I really like Dre Jameson. Yep. Uh, He's going after 300 in the draft and hold ADP. Uh, I think Dre Jameson has a good fastball. He has a good breaking ball. He's in a good situation in Arizona. I don't know where he'll fit into the rotation quite yet because they might get another free agent and I might kick out Dre Jameson. There's also Ryan Nelson there. I think Ryan Nelson's on the outskirts of that. But Dre looked like someone out of the gate that had better command than I expected. Uh, has a really good breaking ball. Has a lot of velocity. He didn't have the highest swing strike rate on his four-seamer. Um, I hope that goes up. It felt like he should be better with that. He, I think he took down a really good team. Do you know what team that was, uh, uh, Miles? I, Do you listen, remember any I, any team? I think it might have been in the West Coast. Um, he had seven strikeouts, with, six innings, two in runs. When you when you ninety four pitches when you for win York the division really cool. and
1: make the playoffs, eight years or seven
2: years out of the last. That doesn't eight. sound
1: like a team. Where's the team? I need names. This is a team that, that doesn't concern themselves with the. Yeah, he took down Giants. the he took
2: down the the Dodgers. Uh, he also took down the Giants. He took down the the Padres as well in his debut. He had 10 slider whiffs against your Dodgers, Mm -hmm. which is wonderful to Mm -hmm. see. Uh, So there's a lot of excitement for me with Dre Jameson. That's the first one. Are you going to be drafting Dre Jameson at all? Uh, I mean I don't draft until March so I think
1: a lot of it will come down that was to, just the sentence actually I don't draft I don't I draft you were just listen there's, ending a, there, it there. there's like there wow, were so th- there were four or five <laughs> pretty incredible drafts happening today and right. instead of being a part of them I chose instead to float around see what other people were doing mm-hmm. and heckle Paul Sport that, yeah, those yeah. were my decisions so, so I do decisions but the thing for me with a lot of these guys is it comes down to opportunity right, right. opportunity yeah. is king he can be the best pitcher in the world but if he's not in the rotation, getting regular starts. I can't put him on my roster. I mean, I can, and I could hold him, but sure. it's there's so much other stuff that I want in April yeah. than waiting
2: for Dre Jameson. Yeah, I, I do wonder, I mean, lots of hard contact a lot, and a 46% hard contact in the fastball, which yeah, that's is not, not encouraging. 96-mile-per-hour heater. But I think he just he didn't throw it well in the zone. He threw strikes, but they were a lot of middle, not quite elevated out of the zone. O-swing was low at just 19%, but it wasn't really... When he missed out of the zone, it wasn't up. It was mm-hmm. kind of on the sides more. I think it might have just kind of been him being young and getting his first opportunity. Right. I think the stuff is there. I think we're going to see an interesting version of him now. I'm want. i I'm not going to go after him in like the 15th round or so. There could be a yeah. lot of helium for Dre Jameson. And it's a situation where, especially in 12-teamers or so, I, I've been saying all weekend. I like getting guys that I want to make decisions on early. I want to say, okay, one start or two, I know how to feel. I know how to move on because April is the time you got to be chasing other things and Mm -hmm. getting all the ones that are going to soar off into the sunset um, in September. And Dre Jameson, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to start him confidently Out of the gate.
1: Yeah, we're really still very small sample size in Dre Jamison's career. I mean, only 24 innings this year. One thing you mentioned and really kind of glossed over, and I'm surprised you did, Mm. was that he was sitting 96 miles an hour this season. And that's one of those things where you make, uh, when we talk about Carlos Rodon and other pitchers, the velocity really makes a big difference, especially in those upper echelons. And you can cover up a lot of things if you can throw 96. Obviously, you'd want it to be 96 and a quality uh, forcing fastball. Right. But... This He's not interesting if he's throwing 92 or yeah. throwing 93. Yeah. So he, ha-
2: he has a sinker as well. He throws 94 and change, which is actually kind of interesting to see that much of a gap between the four-seamer and the right. sinker. He didn't jam guys that much. He did throw it arm side, but he left it over the plate a good amount. Yeah. had a massive ground it. ball rate, though, 74% of that. And if he qualified among the top 200 starting pitchers in batter's faced, he would have been ninth in ground ball rate at 56%, which is, you want to say, oh, that's really good, like Framber Valdez and stuff. Yeah, wow. but I don't... I know, right? He's got a great slider, obviously. Um, I think that there's room for improvement where Dre Jameson threw his heaters in the first place. I think he just kind of threw too much of the plate, which is good. Generally, a guy comes up from the minors and he can't find the zone. Right. You know, now you've thrown too much of it. All right, right. let's maybe hope we can fine-tune that a little bit. So there are definitely ways that he needs to improve. Yeah. And that's why I don't want to get Dre Jameson too early in my 12 teamers because I don't think he's going to figure it out right away. But right. if you're in a situation like a draft and hold or something... I would imagine that Jameson's going to get his opportunities and then as the season goes on, really figure out his place.
1: Right, and that's why he's someone you're really going to have a close eye on next year to see where he's sitting at. Now, he's someone we barely got to watch pitch this year, only really got to see a little bit in September. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about someone uh, that maybe we got to see pitch more of who maybe still is pitching – Uh, you know, around this time of year in early November. uh, Is there someone like that that you're interested in? Yeah,
2: if you go to Christian Javier's player page, I have to tell you, it is the funniest face of any player on our player page. He looks so sad. And you have to you have to just go check it out. he actively looks like he's crying, yeah, yeah. like I, I thought you were I can't exaggerating put it up on the screen if i could no but I, I, there's, it is it there's a it glossiness. Is very funny I
1: think he was crying before this photo this um, guy's
2: this is how it looks that's okay. the face of a man who was in two
1: combined no hitters this season
2: it, it is it is unbelievable
1: he wants a real uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh a comment from the crowd he wants a real no hitter that's, sure that's why not, that's why he's not that's why he's not but.
2: You. Yeah. But yeah, Christian Javier to me is very, very similar to Spencer Strider's been talked about a lot uh, at this conference already. Uh, fourth best in the majors in hard contact a lot at 19 percent for Javier has an elite fastball. Uh, I don't think that it changes. The biggest question is, is Javier allowed to go six, seven innings consistently? Does he burn out? Did the the Astros just say, yeah, you, you can't do this? Uh, that's the biggest concern for me. They obviously put him on a leash to start the year. He had five games in relief this season, just under 150 innings for Javier, but the stuff is real. I mean, four-seamer gets about a 70% strike rate. The slider is a little bit above 60%. He could get better throwing more strikes with breaking balls. That slider had a 119 batting average allowed, and I don't think that's going to actually change that much. I think it's just that stupid hard to hit, especially with that four-seamer. That has a 15% swing strike rate and held guys to a 183 average with just 23% hard contact. Keep in mind, with fastballs, normally where we see hard contact happen, 31% hard contact across the average four-seamer. He locates it's up, it up. It's incredibly hard to do damage on. Christian Javier is legit and plays for a winning team. And that's why he had still 11 wins despite 25 starts and not going super deep into games. So I'm a huge fan of this.
1: Yeah, actually, I kind of want to... There were so many amazing panels and and presentations here at First Pitch Arizona. So I kind of want to ask you, you mentioned the wins, playing for a good team. Um, I I know we're going a little bit off topic here. but What? Chasing wins. Yeah. And the whole idea, if you're not actively chasing wins, you're punting the category. And I know uh, typically we talk head-to-head, so punting a category isn't as dire Mm -hmm. as it would be in, in a Roto League. But what was your kind of takeaway from that conclusion being, if you're not going out of your way to chase wins... You know you're you're literally punting the category sure you know yeah no I,
2: I think it's an important statement that the early pitchers you do get you know I, I preach getting three to four guys that you know you're not going to drop in a 12 teamer you're just not gonna drop them and then you're finding the fifth sixth seventh starter that you feel good with from the wire as the season goes on those guys you can't you can't be missing wins there mm-hmm. you have to ensure that at least two of them are going to be some source of wins. Yeah, you can get away with somebody that uh, that is going to be a little bit shorter on the win total, but you, it can't be everybody. Right. And right. that that's really my biggest focus of that is saying, okay, cool, if I am my first starter, if it's not there, it's got to be in the second one.
1: Right. And then going back to Christian Javier, you mentioned... Like, the comparison between him and Spencer Strider, who you have in your rankings, um, not too far apart. Yeah. Uh, Javier, you have at 24. Strider, you yeah, have at 15. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm pushing up, Javier. I got to find a way. Okay, him so, and they're, so
1: they're going to get even closer in the rankings yeah, to each I other. Think so. So, however, I'm looking at early ADP, and this is very early, uh, and we're not. it's not a, a ton of data, but right now, Spencer Strider has been the 10th starting pitcher taken off the board. Really? At a, yeah, at around pick 36. And mm. I, I don't know what y'all drafting today have seen if Spencer Strider... Uh, is going before pick 50, uh, you know, show of hands, more or less, in that area. That's where you went about best ball. Okay, yes. so in best ball, it goes around pick 50. Uh, Christian Javier right now is the thirty ninth pitcher off the board uh, at pick 94. So we're, and, and I know you're not someone who's going to go out and draft your aces in, in the first, uh, first, you know, what, two, three right. rounds. So you're probably not gonna have a lot of Spencer Strider. Do you feel I'm that getting, that's too big of a gap between? Yeah, the two well, I them? mean,
2: I I guarantee you, Javier is gonna be closer. Javier, Javier's oh, is gonna it's, push it's it up. Not not a chance. He stays down there. I don't. I mean, that that ADP is a little bit weird because it's a lot of draft and hold. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, or, it's, very, it, it's, it's very it's very
1: early. Very specific. <laughs> Uh, you're, you're probably, I'm going
2: to expect him around the 70s, is my guess. Okay,
1: you think you have that much of a of a uh, influence on the fantasy baseball industry? No, I think
2: everybody in. is going to be saying this. Okay, there yeah. you
1: go. All right, so that's Christian Javier, who you're very in on. Um, what's another pitcher that you're uh, most interested in? Someone you're really looking forward to? Yeah,
2: I'm really curious to see what Kenta Maeda looks like.
1: I love to hear that as a Dodger fan. Yeah? He's one of the. There have been a few players that we've lost over the last few years, and Listen, if you tell me I have to dra- trade to Maeda to get Mookie Betts, I'm doing that a million times out of a million. But it doesn't mean I don't wish he was still a Dodger.
2: I know, just a little bit. And he didn't actually have to. The whole trade fell yeah. through. Remember that part?
1: No, no. That's that's how we got Bruisedar.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That was it was very much a
2: part of it. Okay, well, then good. Congrats. <laughs> um, so with Maeda, there's, there's a couple things concerning, of course, is that A, there's the twins factor. The twins aren't a team that says, oh, cool, you're a pitcher. Yeah, yeah you want to go seven innings? Sure, all right, here you go. Here's the keys. Go ahead, go and do that. They actually say, third time through the lineup, not so much. You shouldn't do that. Um, And I wouldn't be shocked in the slightest, especially coming back from Tommy John, that you're going to see limitations however uh, Maeda looks in the first place. So we already have that cap on him. Um, When he was successful in 2020, Maeda deserved his success. The splitter and the slider were out of the zone consistently, got a ton of swings on that, got his outs through that. His fastball was snuck into the zone Constantly for called strikes, was not hit, and that's how he had his success. 2021 showed up, and uh, Maeda just could not get those same swings, didn't have as effective of a slider. Fastball was hit harder. Oh, look, he has Tommy John. I imagine that was affecting him, right? So, right now, I'm seeing Maeda just getting forgotten about for the most part. End of drafts. I likely have him too high in my current ranking. Uh, I essentially at the end of the year, I'm like, oh, Kent Maeda, that's someone that should be really good. And this is the part of the, the draft where uh, you can take chances because I'm past me getting the, the four starters I really trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't quite know where to put him in that next tier or in the one before it. I'll probably have Maeda closer to the 70s or so, but he should be heavily considered at the end of your drafts. And you can see in spring training, there's uh, there's a lot you can do in spring training just by monitoring their velocity and their usage, um, just about, hey, are teams letting them go this mm-hmm. this far? Are they gaining those opportunities? Are they going to be the number five starter? Are they throwing the ball as hard as they used to? Are mm-hmm. they? I, I can't remember who it was talking about Caper Walk actually being something to monitor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was Ariel Cohen. Uh, maybe it was Derek Carty. Uh, lots of smart people here. It's hard to remember because everyone says such smart things. So, yeah, monitor Kent DeMaeda. If he's looking good. All right, I'll yeah. take a chance on that. Absolutely, uh, near the end of my drafts.
1: Yeah, he's he's someone that, uh, and and talking about making early decisions, you can make that decision before the season even starts, right? Of if he's someone that you absolutely. want to have at the end of your at the end of your rotation. From one pitcher who you know didn't pitch much, well, didn't pitch at all in 2022 due to injury, to a pitcher who didn't pitch as much as we would have liked to see him, because boy were we all excited oh. about this next pitcher. Who is it, Nick? It's, it's Tyler McGill. And, and he, he came into the scene real hot. Oh, real so hot. It was, it was burning. Eight o'clock
2: on opening day. Oh, no. The Mets had a game. And Jacob DeGrom was not pitching. No. It was Ty Lord McGill. And Tyler McGill was throwing 96 miles per hour with a beautiful slider. And it was. I was jumping in my seat. It was beautiful. And uh, then he got hurt. And, and him and Lozardo got, got hurt the same exact day. And that tanked my legacy league. I had both of them. I was like, I got this. This is easy. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. I got two studs for the year. Now. Oh, never mind. Tyler McGill is very likely to start for the Mets next year. Um, there might be some battle at the end of the rotation. They might be losing some guys. We don't know what's going to happen with Carrasco at the moment. Or Jacob DeGrom. Um, Jacob DeGrom could come back, sure, of course. But no, I mean, I, I assume he's going to be gone, personally. Oh. Um, David Peterson, I don't think, would beat out Tyler McGill. Uh, I am expecting McGill to be part of the open day rotation. And if McGill has that increased velocity, 95.7 last year, uh, 25th across all starting pitchers, the highest, 25th, best, or hardest-throwing fastball. Right. If he has that, with that slider, his 13.8% swing strike was 30th among all starting pitchers. Uh, For a guy that is going way later than that, actually close to 350 in that ADP, ADP, it's Mm -hmm. essentially free right now. Right. Sign me up for that. I'll take a chance all day. I mean, we weren't even considering Tyler McGill... Um, entering this season. I was lower on McGill at this point than I am now, and he was free. You know, right. I remember him in, uh, I, you know, at, in March, we were getting a little bit more excitement. was going a little bit harder. Maybe this could work out, and then it did. Um, Tom McGill has that fastball and slider, and he still has a changeup that sometimes does show up. Uh, this could be really, really exciting, and that's a winning team, too, so there are some wins.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, listen, if, if you want to call McGill your uh, Swedish pop uh, superstar band because you're taking a chance on him, ABBA?
2: Yeah, but why- There we go.
1: All right, so let's, let's talk about one last picture you're most interested in. And maybe can we uh, – there's a lot of deep cuts that have happened already. A lot of pictures that, you know, everyone here has heard of, obviously. And I'm sure anyone who listens to the podcast is Tyler McGill. But can you give me someone that, like, my mom has probably heard of or, like <laughs> – I don't know, someone that like...
2: Uh, is some, she an Atlanta fan?
1: <laughs> no, but she, listen, she's the person that tells me, like, oh, who's the good pitcher? And I'll be like, oh, you know Justin Verlander. No, that's a, he, she doesn't well, know
2: Justin Verlander. She'll I,
1: tell me, like, if I haven't heard
2: of him, he must not be that good. What so. traditionally happens is obviously I can't not draw, draft pitchers. That's I gotta start doing it at some point, Right. right. So I, I traditionally look at the pool of pitchers who are going the first two rounds, go, okay, I'm not going to get these guys because I'm going to focus on hitters. That's my weakness. I'm going to go and get the best ones of those. If your weakness is pitching, then go ahead. Get your early starters. That's fine. I get it.
1: So that's what I'm going to do. So
2: who should I draft? I don't know. Talk to Scott Hsu. Uh uh-huh. But no, I'm just kidding. Um, so for me, normally it's around the fourth or fifth round is when I'll try and get one guy. And then all of a sudden, oh, my God, that was, oh, that sounded like clowncore for a second. That is we just I, that, th- that is 100%. And I swear to God, it was that you, Asher? That is 100 Did you just no. squeak? I'm no. just, oh, Danielle. No, okay, whatever. By, that was by, amazing. By the and way. no one knows what clowncore is, And no one knows what just right. happened in this room. It's uh, fine.
1: Just know that uh,
2: Nick Pollock really likes so clowncore music. So it's just. brilliant. Crown anyway. Clowncore is, is something that you're going to hate. And then they 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 call it clown court because it's such a hilarious name. But it's You came
1: you came here for pitching analysis and you're getting deep This is music a traditional
2: cuts. on the corner podcast. On the Clown Corner. Oh my gosh. Okay. I need to look at my drafts. Fourth, fifth round, who is the guy that's gonna be around? That I'm gonna feel like yes, that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna go for. Who's what, the guy? What I've been seeing right now, I mean, the pitch was mock draft, I got Aaron Nola in the middle of the fifth, which I think is just like why That's Did you not, let that's me not do that? Happening. Not going to happen, no, right? No, no. Was um, it a
1: four-team league?
2: I just I just told you it was a 12-team. Okay. <laughs> um, Max Fried is the one that I think I'm going to be going for. Max Fried is getting pushed down a little bit because he had 170 strikeouts last year. 248 ERA, though, 101 whip. Essentially repeated 2021 as he had maybe two or three bad starts at the beginning of that season and then just was this same pitcher the rest of the way. K rate is the the knock on him. 185 innings. That could keep going up. 14 wins, of course. Um, But I think that there's another gear from x freed if you can believe it, with his slider and his curveball. They haven't quite turned into that pitch yet. 14% swing strike rate on the slider last year and 17% on the curveball. I think it's there, though. Mm -hmm. And don't count this out just because, oh, you think he's, he's, you know, a, a... uh, understood guy now he's going to be 29. We see guys all the time add that little extra bit at this point. And when you have that floor of, of innings, E-Ray, whip to get you wins, all that kind of stuff, like, and I can get maybe 190 strikeouts next year, this is the idea that you have a starter that will never be a should I start them or not is such a good feeling for the entire season. Give yourself that gift, that comfort as a fantasy manager so that you can have headaches about other guys. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's really an important thing to be able to do. Just yeah. have your lineup and say, okay, cool. I need to fix like three or four spots instead of 10 of them. And Max Freed is not your Max Scherzer, is not your uh, Jacob deGrom, who are likely going to miss some time this right. year. I, I want to go for Max Fried. It's just, we were, I was talking about this with Ariel Cohen. Yeah. Risk oh. mitigation is an important thing. Zach Wheeler right now, I... Uh, you know, he, we just saw that his velocity was down. Yes, that was a noise, Miles. It's okay. I'll be all right. <laughs> um, his, uh, his velocity was down in the in the World Series, and we think he's injured again. And it makes me think it's going to be really hard to see 200 innings from Zach Wheeler next year. Right. And I don't want to deal with that. I'd yep. rather just go for the 185. That could even be more than that next year with Max Fried.
1: Well, and, and I mean, in today's um, pitching landscape, it's not easy to find guys that, I mean, even 185 innings is on the higher end. Uh, You go back to 2019, and Max Fried has actually thrown 570 innings across the last... Well, three full seasons plus whatever 2020 stuff. Three was. a stub Yeah, so we're talking, you know, somewhere around 160 to 180 innings per season since 2019 And you're absolutely right He is something that I would find uh, very comforting Kind of like something that would be a little on the chicken fried side, you know Something very comforting that I could always It's amazing
2: have. You feel like, because you're on this podcast now, you you have to make these jokes You never no, make I, these jokes I get to make these jokes uh, so. isn't, it, isn't it freeing? Isn't it lovely? It Let is, it, is, it is Max Freeding. You're I, right. It I know is.
1: I knew so, it's in there. So uh Let it out! We're <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna move on. So that was those that, that was the segment of the pitchers that Nick is most interested in. That was Dre Jameson, Christian Javier, Kensa Maeda, Tyler McGill, and Max Fried. Um let's as as you like to do on this podcast and in life, let's be positive. Let's speak positively. Let's optimism. Let's, let's go. Optimism. Ahead. Let's talk about the guys that you are optimistic are going to bounce back to form, maybe bounce back from injury, uh, bounce back from whatever it was that's been ailing them. Um, who are some pitchers that you think, going into
2: next year, we're going to say, oh, you know what? We were too down on him coming mm. into the year. Yeah, so we we could be saying that about like, Tyler McGill. We could be saying that about Kenton Maeda. You know, right, but good. we going to be some blending over here. Yeah, but we uh, can also cover
1: other pitchers, because you know a lot of very
2: them. Very, some. I, I know I... I know there's been some discussion about Lucas Giolito and what to make out of him, and I think at the end of the day, I feel he just needs a reset. Uh, his velocity was down. It was very strange seeing him throw 89, 90 miles per hour in some games and just going, "What? Who are you now?" But I, I, I get a sense. You know, Giolito had a stumble in April. I think he was saying that he got hurt and uh, tweaked something, and he never really had the time to heal it and give him a full off-season of health. Just. I would draft Giolito if we start seeing ninety three miles per hour in the spring like sitting there. Mm-hmm. F- phenomenal. You know th- this is still a guy who had good stuff on his change up in his slider, right. And as long as the fastball is great and he's able to dominate the zone with that heater again on the top of the zone, throwing it at ninety one in change is way different than throwing it at ninety four, right, right? And if you can do that, Giolito can be that stud again, and so um, another
1: guy that like in spring training you're going to keep an eye on, and you'll know without it'll be a doubt decision he will point be jumping up
2: my board massively if I'm seeing him sit 93. Now,
1: what what did you think today then in the earlier panel when Giolito was one of the pitchers that was identified as someone who did not get that spin back? When on the you basketball? lose
2: velocity, you're going to lose spin.
1: Okay, so you don't think it was necessarily like he needs Spider tack to be a good
2: pitcher? No, I, I that's not that's not my. F- at all
1: okay all right well hey I, like I said we're just uh exploring you know what what other people are saying about Lucas Giolito you think he's someone who could bounce back you're going to keep a close eye on him yeah in March absolutely um in that same range as uh, as Kenta Maeda uh for you a
2: uh, step up okay. uh he's in Giolito is around this uh these guys around 50 who uh there's there's so many interesting ones like oh yeah there's another one on this is Jack Flaherty right uh Jack Flaherty's a really good pitcher. It's just if he's healthy and we don't know if he was I remember actually this time last year we're thinking about all these guys that were injured there was Severino coming back there was Clemenger coming back there was Syndergaard. Uh, Bieber and uh and Verlander and Flaherty and for the most part those injured guys came through right uh, they you went after Severino that was amazing uh, Verlander amazing Bieber amazing right synndigard well we had other reasons to understand not to do Syndergaard. Clemenger, I'm a little bit disappointed about Uh, Flaherty just, he was just hurt still. Uh, and at this point though, you don't have to chase him like you did last year. I remember him going, I think in the top 25 or 30 starters. I think he was, yeah. top. And now he's, I I just saw a a draft and hold where he went in like the 16th round of like a 15 team or something like that. And sweet. I mean, if you think about these guys are going later, what is their path to doing to being good again? If it's just being healthy, Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about decisions, great. I'll know if he's healthy or not, right. and then I can move on from it. Especially when it doesn't cost uh, a high pick; those late picks are you know past two hundred. <laughs> Look back at your twelve teamers and tell me how many of the picks you made after two hundred you kept on your team through the year. It's probably like two. Yeah, even that.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't Mitch Keller. So take a chance on Flaherty. Uh, Was so not Mitch Keller. Absolutely so with not. with Jack Flaherty, you know I mentioned Max Freed has that. Uh, level of consistency dating back to 2019 um are you know obviously the the injuries are, are an issue for Flaherty he has not had a full healthy successful season since 2019 yeah um both in 2020 and 2022 ineffective uh 2021 great half a season
2: he was really good for about three months and then he got hurt
1: and so uh, that's all that it is for you is just you're just concerned that injuries are what's been injury holding back. yeah okay um, who else in this bounce back category? Are you looking? At? Is there are there other man, injury I am, pitchers? I am
2: really in on Jesus Luzardo. I actually almost included him in my top one. Uh Luzardo showed like this time last year. Where were we thinking? Oh man, uh, really disappointing. Traded from the Athletics to the Marlins, and all of a sudden he had the curveball get usage going up a little bit. Maybe he's changing to be more forcing away from sinker in the last month. I got a little interested about it. Maybe that can happen. Shows up, and he's thrown harder. He's throwing 97 now instead of 95 and change. Was amazing. Had the curveball working. His changeup actually by the end of it was an elite pitch. And then he's hurt for about three months or so. And we don't really see him again. But then he shows up, and it's not the same guy. It's kind of like 95 and a half and, or 96. But the changeup is really good, and it's kind of working. And then by the end, he actually was leaning on the curveball like it used to. And was sitting 96. And we're talking two of the last three games. This is against the Cubs and Atlanta combined for 23 strikeouts, 11 and 12 strikeouts in those two games. Six innings in each of them. Just wanted to run allowed, two walks combined. Amazing. And I feel like we're not taking him seriously enough. Uh, if he's throwing 96, which it seems like he is, he's focused more on those four seamers, which is good. He has still that excellent changeup. He has an excellent curveball. And I know the, the fear of wins, but I think the Marlins are a team that do let guys go six innings. They don't have the leash of third time through the lineup, you're done. Get out of there. I think Jesus Lazardo can be very productive for Miami. Also, I, at some point, the Miami Marlins have to have a decent offense, right? At yeah, some I point, would, I was maybe. Actually,
1: I was actually just going to say, you know, whether they give them a leash or not kind of isn't as important as can they win.
2: Well, Sandy Alcantara didn't have six wins right he yeah, had 14. he had he had 14 wins this year yeah. i mean sure he's going a little deeper than Lazardo but it's not like if you go after Lazardo you just get five wins and you call it a day right i mean the biggest question of course can he stay healthy through the full year right now you're not paying a premium for him um i think jesus Lazardo is someone that you should be taking as your sp5
1: uh, okay so actually you know you're speaking this whole time on Luzardo, the uh, velocity increase the people being concerned about injury history It sounds a lot to me like the same conversation that was around Carlos Rodon Mm. this time a year ago. Um, I think there was more excitement around what Rodon was doing than what Luzardo's doing. I think, obviously, I'm talking about a poor man's Rodon here, most likely. Sure. But it was a very similar conversation to draft season last year. Do you think Luzardo is someone that a lot of people can get value on because people are too too nervous about? about I mean, it's possible.
2: I mean, the reason for the the lower uh, draft pick is just because of that fear, right? So if people are afraid of it, then it doesn't happen, then there you go. Uh Rodan was interesting because he was an ace for five months yeah. in two thousand and twenty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was just the last month, but then it was a shoulder. And we're like, ah, shoulders, we don't why yeah. say the S word. So I uh, he then he just showed up and I was like, No, oh, I'm good. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, great. All right. You're it's great. That's
1: uh, Anyone else that you think is uh, a good bounce back candidate? Uh, two
2: quick ones here. Uh, I think Lance Lynn is still really good. I know it's a 399 ERA, and actually very similarly, 113 whip. Well, there's Pablo Lopez, 375 ERA, 117 whip. I think both of these guys are really good pitchers still. And surprisingly enough, Pablo Lopez threw 180 innings last year. That might surprise a lot of people. He got 10 wins That's double digits. Yes, he made it. Congrats. <laughs> Uh, he is more of a two-pitch pitcher, Pablo Lopez, now. More four-seamer and change-up uh, focus, which isn't ideal. Mm-hmm. But we've seen him be successful with that for a while. Uh, 375 ERA, I think, is on the higher end of his outcomes. I think he can be better than that. And even so, 375, 117, 24%. And if I'm saying that's on the lower spectrum of his outcomes, great. I mean, yeah. that isn't that's, that's not well. what I want to go for in any way. No. But I'm telling you, no, there should be much better than that. Uh, is he going to be sub three? Probably not. But uh, I think the changeup is good enough. The fastball command is good enough. Well, with Lance Lynn, the guy still has an amazing fastball. He got it back in that second half. The cutter mm-hmm. was there too. I mean, really, by the the end of the year, he was he was cooking. Um, you know, he had a, a stretch. I'm looking right now of five games where he allowed three runs total, which is just oh, that's 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 beautiful. Thank you so much for arriving, Lance Lynn. Uh, yes, he had two months, two and a half months where he was out with injury. But you know that, that happened. He's healthy now. I think you can rely on Lynn, especially being that uh, six-inning guy, five-six-inning guy, who's gonna bark at his manager if they take him out under 90 pitches.
1: Yeah, and he'll go deeper in games for a team that with. Um a, a manager who maybe understands his team a little bit better. Or knows what's going maybe on. Maybe yeah. can get a few more wins given all the talent they have there. Well,
2: I mean, look, I'll hand it to the fans right behind the dugout telling him when to take the pitcher out. You know? That if, was really helpful. If this we were year. to do
1: like a top. Like top however many moments of this whole season, the, the best. fan, the fan saying, "Hey, Tony, pinch, pinch run, run angle," and Tony doing it has on the next to be, pitch. You
2: missed it like it was like oh one or something. It was like, "Oh yeah, maybe I should."
1: <laughs> that has to be a top, a top moment, and that, and that fan honestly should probably go submit his resume to a bunch of fans yeah, right? and say, "Look, and the, I make good managerial decisions." I think my
2: favorite part about it though is that he says, "Come on, change angle," and then he does it, and then the fan is like the second row, and he just turns around to the rest of the fans, be like. I mean, come on! That's, uh, that's amazing. Oh, so,
1: man. so you you always want to talk positively, and, and you know you have the platform to do so. But I I want to see you talk negatively. I want to see wow, you. That, I want wow. to see you bring some people down. And I want to see you bring some pictures who had How great years. How did you years. become VP of PitcherList? I because, don't understand what so that attitude. so you said, you said when you when you were starting your website, you know pictures. you have to hire people who can do the things yeah. you don't do. So you can't speak negatively on people, and so that's why you brought me
2: here. Well, but I'm
1: gonna make you do it. Yeah. Who's okay. likely, most likely in your eyes, to hmm. not be as amazing as they were this year? And, uh, uh, I want
2: to speed through this one. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's it's hate being negative. You know that, but. Um, I think they're easy candidates for it. Uh, I don't think it's that interesting of a discussion. Okay, well then, wh-
1: why don't we skip to the ones that are interesting? Because we have some obvious ones, or what I feel like are obvious ones here. Um, guys that we know all year long, you've ranked uh, a lot lower than their performance. In fact, you get a lot of comments on uh, oh, yeah. your ranking of guys. That's like my Tony. favorite part of this, by the way, all the negative so, comments so about how wrong I am. Basically, uh, the top three here are people that uh, Nick is just targeting me on. We've got Tony Gonzalez uh tyler anderson and former dodger pitcher uh ross stripling uh as people that you don't think are going to return the value that they had this year as tony gonsolin a top 10 pitcher tyler anderson a top 20 and ross stripling uh right around uh starting pitcher 30 so you you've waxed many times over on the list read the notes this is why nick doesn't like them but let's let's talk about two pitchers that i think a lot of people uh are really going to buy into in their drafts next year that we'll probably be drafting in the top 50, give or take, uh, and two guys who are probably going to be front runners. Uh, Goed one, two in the Cy Young award voting this year.
2: Yeah, that's right. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to completely skip over Gonsolin Anderson stripling Just a w- sentence on each. Gonsolin slider. I don't think was as good as it had been in the past, and I think he got very fortunate for that Dodgers defense this past year. Um, me here, and uh, <laughs> I mean. I'm not saying necessarily he's gonna be unrosterable or anything like that. It's just there are a lot of really good guys and I think Gonslin's just kind of weak. That's one sentence. That was one very long run-on sentence. <laughs> uh, Tyler Anderson is probably gonna leave LA and he increased his changeup and it was effective for him. I think he benefited a lot from that defense again. I think you're not gonna see another season. The best season it had before this was a four three seven year.
1: This was this was everything coming together yeah. all at once. And
2: this and I just don't believe that it's gonna be that again. And Ross Stripling kind of smoke and mirrors. The changeup is good. The breakers aren't the fastball ish. He got better. I uh, I really don't buy you know, I think we we're thinking of that's that, that stretch he had for the Dodgers and thinking like, Oh, this is what we've been envisioning ever since ever since he left there to get that opportunity. I don't actually think he's that same guy. He had think he had better breakers back then. So, and
1: that was like one half of a season, yeah. Like, we're all still chasing that one half of a season, and I,
2: I don't really want to go for that wherever he does sign. It could be a very good scenario that he does land wherever it is, and maybe I do get more back, yeah. Like, back Colorado. Into it.
1: so who are the two uh, the yeah. two pitchers Colorado,
2: that you, absolutely, that
1: everyone else is gonna be in on, gonna be oh, drafting? That'd be so
2: painful. Um, I mean, yeah, it's still in season, Justin Verlander. Sorry, are you it's guys. New? The people you guys in the back know I don't like you. Dylan Cease and Justin Verlander Dylan Cease, I know I'm still doubling down on this But the guy had a 10% walk rate And his sliders is only good pitch And I, I, I think I've learned my lesson Over the years of If you only have one good offering It doesn't work Over a longer period of time And also Dylan Cease wasn't so great in that second half mm-hmm. uh, He was stellar In the first one um, Maybe he had like one bump or two But this, he slowed down Right, and when that slider is not elite, the fastball and the curveball are not good enough to carry him. He is not an efficient pitcher. Right, also, which is why, of course, the walk rate is uh, is what it is, ten percent or so. Uh, but it, it's just it's just so staggering to me that he could have this good of an ERA with that high of a walk rate now, of course. But Nick, you got a ton of strikeouts from him, and absolutely, and it's it's part of the reason that I might be um slightly adjusting sees higher i just for a guy to go every single game and still go under 180 innings i think that's a really good indication of he's not efficient and there are a lot of things holding him back and i'm glad that he got he's got the strikeouts but this is a house of cards that can fall very quickly yeah um and it's risk and i see so many of these pitchers that i really like you know castillo did great things max free strider of course but manoa and musgrove and even Gosman should be better than his 363 Babbitt, which is essentially historic right um he still has an excellent forcing or an excellent cha- uh split change you have Carlos Rodon we're talking about and Aaron Nola there's so right. many really good ones that you know are going to be really good then you see Dylan Cease like yes I get the strikeouts but there's this walk rate that is not going away because he hasn't developed the fastball and curve and I don't think that he's going to
1: it's it's more a matter of the risk at this part on the draft yeah. for you yeah. because the, the the bottom can fall out on cease a lot easier than it can for a lot
2: of these other pitchers. Absolutely. Uh, and and it, Justin Verlander? Justin Verlander is kind of the same thing of, you did really well, wonderful. You used to have a 14 plus percent swing strike rate on your four seamers, down to about 10%. It's just a worse pitch now. Same with the slider that went underneath 20% swing strike rate. It used to be much higher than that. I just think it all gets worse. Um, I think he got away with a lot, and uh, I don't know how much um, it gets worse is the problem. Yeah, and um, that,
1: that strikeout rate has dropped uh, a lot. Yeah, uh, even even just a, a basic metric like that, you can look at it and say, well, you know, one seven five ERA. There's a lot that goes into that. Uh, 18 wins, four losses. You know, that's a, a product of the team that you're playing for, uh, which you'll you know still be on the Astros next year, presumably. Right. But dropping down to a twenty-eight percent strikeout rate. I mean, that's, that's
2: still getting a twenty-eight percent strikeout rate right now, one hundred seventy-five innings. But well, when is you've phenomenal. been
1: thirty-five to forty percent for sure you know, a decade. But I mean
2: that you know inherently, if we're getting twenty-eight percent strikeout rate again from Justin Verlander, I'd be stoked. He would not be at twenty; mm-hmm. he'd be higher up. I don't think we will. I think he kind of squeezed out the most he could get with his stuff this year. I think it's going to get worse for, for Justin Verlander. I think. Also, I mean, mean, I'm not gonna. I know everyone says, like, don't be ageist, Nick, but he's gonna be 40 next year.
1: Don't be ageist, Nick. Yeah, thank
2: you. Uh, (laughs) His life is just starting. 40 is the new 30. (laughs) You know, there is. uh, I was actually talking to to Rob Silver. Um, I hope he's fine with me mentioning this. Maybe it's me getting back in him for stuff. No. Um, No, Rob made a really good point, being like, you know what? I'm not, I'm gonna let him. I'm gonna let him make his own point. No, I think he wanted to say this. I'm not gonna spoil it. Talk to Rob Silver, everybody. Ask him about Justin Verlander, his and thoughts on f- him. And for
1: those of you that are listening at home, you know, just uh, fly to Canada. Talk to Rob Silver. everyone. Yeah, you know. there you go. Yeah, yeah. Just reach have out to a him nice on nice conversation with him. Uh, um, okay, so Justin Verlander, Dylan Cease, you're you're worried, especially with where they're going, that, that it's there's a uh, a risk with them that there aren't with other pitchers in the same area. Is is more or less what you're getting? Yes. you're getting back to okay. Yeah. Um, I know this made you very un- uncomfortable having to talk negatively about people, uh, so we
2: we can move on if, if you know. Unless there's more, unless you really like this, and you want to keep. <laughs> I mean, you know. we can. I mean, so so we have a, a section. We can. It's fine. I I know it's helpful for you guys. I'm not just like some. Uh, I, I don't live my life. You know, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Yeah, there's I, compromise. I'm, I call myself an optimistic realist, Miles. Okay, that, that sounds like a cult. It sounds like an oxymoron, but. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, uh that's what I call myself and you got to be I, I'm real, everyone. I recognize it and then I choose to be you know optimistic about it. So who who else is a regression candidate then? Um, well, I was gonna move on to the cost too much. Oh, who else
1: costs too much because I think I think we can agree that every uh, single
2: starter in the first three yeah.
1: rounds, So so. And the funny thing is, when I was trying to put these notes together for the guys that cost too much, I uh, I I knew I literally just started listing like your top 20 starting pitchers because I know you and I know you're not going to draft any of these guys. Not not because you don't think they're great, but because that's not the way you build teams. So why? So
2: why do all these guys cost too much? uh, Because it's not how I build teams. Um, all right, <laughs> but I, I mean, I think uh, I, I, I've been trying to get a sense of who are the ones that people are really in on right uh, through this weekend, and, and I'm not really focusing too much on ADP, but just getting a sense of like, all right, what is what's the, what's the conversation that I'm, around I'm that guy? What's the on? vibes? Yeah, um, I, I've seen Jeffrey Springs and Jordan Montgomery a couple of times, having my 1551. Uh, for me, Jordan Montgomery is relatively safe. It's a better situation theoretically with St. Louis than it is the Yankees. That said, it's not going to be the Central anymore. And it's not going to be the AL East anymore, and so pitch for the Yankees is better now, and it's worse for the Cardinals because of the the teams that they're going to face, right? He's mm-hmm. not going to just get well, a bevy of yeah. right bevy of the Cubs and and the the Pirates and the Brewers, I uh, and there's another team there that I'm so sorry I forgot about, but I don't care. Uh, and then you have I uh, think Jordan Montgomery never really became the uh, Reds. Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, See, uh, it was it still was in the point. I knew like that team also fit Cincinnati Reds. Thank you. Uh, maybe you can say that like great American small park. Uh, Bubba's not here, is he? Oh man, he would have loved that. You should have showed up, Bubba. <laughs> I think I think Bubba's moderating a draft. Right not now. allowed. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, Montgomery hasn't squeezed out the strikeout rate that we've been wanting to see. He had moments of it by throwing more four seamers with the Cardinals, but then he just walked by, uh, and then uh, and then it just kind of fell apart again. And I don't think that Montgomery is that kind of guy to really take that next step that we might want him to. Another one is Jeffrey Springs. Um, and Springs, 246 ERA this season. Wonderful. I think he's capped by the, uh, by the Rays uh, being the Rays. Actually, Tyler Glasnow, I can add on to this too a little bit because I think it's just too much risk coming off from Tommy John. Also, you have the fact of him being a bad command guy for a while and then getting better at it. And then now having Tommy John, and what's the thing that comes back last? Command. Mm-hmm. And then it's also the Rays, and you want to talk about being inefficient, and then you also are capped already. It doesn't make for a good scenario, not to mention, of course, the injury risk itself of like, hey, you just had tummy done. Are you okay? Well, and like
1: every injury that he's had over the last yeah. 10 years has all been with his pitching arm. Yeah, so, so. Gla- Glass should go later. So
2: Glass later, not Glass now. Glass and, uh, but Jeffrey Springs, I think, is someone who doesn't have as good of a fastball as he want to. He locates it well, but even locating it well, Springs still gets punished by his fastball. He has some really nice pitch separation, changeup and slider. Slider needs to do a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Changeup is a really nice pitch. I don't know how much I can depend on him, though, to be like a six-inning guy. Uh, I think you're going to see some frustrating starts along the way. I know he did really well, but I think it's just going to be a little bit worse than I think what the market has so far. Right. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's anyone else. Oh, yeah, Hunter Green is the other one. I think he costs too much. I think it costs. I was going to bang the table, but I know that makes bad audio. You think? You think? So, you think the cost costs for Hunter, too much? You think the cost for Hunter Green is too dang high? Yeah, too dang high. Yeah, yeah like a, the rent. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm going
1: like ten years back. Hunter with that Green,
2: one. oh boy, Hunter Green throws hard. We all know this. It's wonderful. He's also not that good at commanding it. However, last six starts of the year, he did really well. Had this amazing K minus walk rate. It was beautiful. We're like, oh my god, he's made it. It's fantastic. Six starts is something I really want to jump on at like. I don't know, pick two hundred and twenty. I've seen like Hunter Green go like hundred or so, hundred and twenty, and it's just wait, that's so risky. Hunter Green's fastball gets demolished when it's middle or down. He gets a lot of whiffs when it's up, but if it's down, that's where all of his hits are. Mm-hmm. I am not ready to say the Hunter Green just suddenly fixed his command, and now he's precise with it. I-, I am so not ready for that. The slider is fine. It's more of... It's kind of like a slightly worse version of like Striders or... I mean, Javier's is actually, I think, amazing movement on it. But it's not this, okay, just turn to the slider and you'll be okay for a game. I think it's just guys geared up for the heater. And if right. the heater's going all right, then the slider's going really well. Right. So throw in pitching for Cincinnati, low wins. And yep. bad park to be pitching at. I think Hunter Green is still very risky. Uh, where I would love to take a shot at him and like, all right, cool. But I think if you go after Hunter Green... The first couple of weeks, you're going to get one blow up in there and you go, "Oh my gosh, why did I do this?" Now it's just completely headache, a complete headache. The rest of the year, I I think he costs way too dang high.
1: Yeah, and and Hunter Green's someone that unless he is that guy, um, because of the considerable ceiling, he's not going to be someone you can drop in April uh, when he has a bad start or two. Because you're still going to be you you drafted him for the ceiling. You're not going to just say, "Well, he had a bad start. I, I'm going to let him go." we're talking you got to be able to make decisions on guys early and exactly. i think i think hunter Green's someone that's going to be either he either is going to pay off and we're going to look like idiots right now yep. uh which we're you know perfectly okay with i look like an idiot uh, all the time it's really or fun. or he's someone that'll be a trap player and right. and it'll be may and you're still going well, what do i do with him yep um I also want to, you know, one of the amazing things about being at First Pitch Arizona, which um, for those of you who are listening to this podcast later and saying, oh, you know what, that was a thing I thought about going to, maybe I'll go next year. There's always these amazing conversations in and out of, outside of the panels, outside of the presentations, because you're around so many people who love this game, who, uh, you know, study this game. And so I actually had a conversation last night about Hunter Green um, and basically the idea that he could do it for six starts a lot of pitchers who are in the major leagues can do it for six starts. Mm, it's not yeah. a that's 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 less than a fifth of the right. season. And then the season ended. Exactly. We didn't, we
2: didn't get to see the regression come back.
1: Right, right. Or or we also didn't get to see if he could keep keep it going. Yeah. Right. We we it was cut short for us. But the fact is is that there's a lot of pitchers that can put it together for six starts. That's not enough. You got to be able to put it together for longer than that. Hey, Derek. Is Hunter Green good? No, he
2: says. There we go. That's all I needed to and hear. And that, that is all you need to know. So next year, Hunter Green, don't <laughs> draft him. Um, Jose Barrios is the last one. I feel like I have to be <laughs> at First Pitch Arizona and I, and have Eno hecklingly about Jose Barrios. Jose Barrios is a Toby. Um, he is. He is the great undulator. And actually, honestly, this year he was the most undulator where he would go, good start for you, really bad start for you, good start for you, more so than ever. Um, On Fast's variability or volatility uh, stat, he was one of the most volatile ones, right? Naturally. Um, And that isn't changing. And I feel that people are saying, okay, you know what? We all know he's not going to be as bad as he was. But the problem is that, okay, you have Jose Barrios on your team, and you feel like you're taking this chance, like, no, he's going to be better this year. And the way you know, he undulates because he's the great undulator. Then you don't know what to do again. Great. Now it's April. You've just drafted a guy and you don't know what decision to make. That's what we call a hipster, right? Headache inducing pitcher that stifles the entire roster. So you don't want that on your team. You want to avoid that as much as possible. And I'm out on Jose Brios. All right, listen, I want to take advantage of the fact that
1: we're doing this live. We've got a live audience. I, I want to do a real quick poll of the room. Please raise your hand if you have heard of the word undulator before Nick Pollock started using it to describe Jose Brios. Raise your hand if you know what that word was prior to Nick Pollock using it. <laughs> Just the, You, mean, you yeah. mean undulate? Undulate is the word. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll take the L on that. I guess... <laughs> I I guess in California, we just, that's way too long of a word for us, you guys. I don't know, maybe it's on me. Because I I, I had never,
2: I'll Uh, just say this. Uh, Undulator isn't, it's an actual mechanical engineering term, but like it's, but undulate, like it's an undulating flag. Think of it like that. Like it's making a wave in the wind. I think you guys say, waving. All over the no, that's Northern California.
1: Don't don't bring Hella into this. We're not. Don't that's, don't that's, give it straight. That's not us. No, absolutely not. Uh, okay, I just I had never. I just full disclosure. I never heard of the word undulator, and I so never this seen is the it, best part about Petros.
2: I, You'll learn something new every day, fast. You know, I just called you fast. This you was, just called me fast. I just called you fast. Hey, you know what though? I'm Alex so used fast, to it. Alex it Yeah, he's is here. here. We made sure he's his his uh, uh, oh, name man. card
1: is still here because you know, Alex Fast should. still I think be that's here.
2: actually props to you, Miles. You're making it feel like a normal on the corner where I need to call you fast now. You know, you're doing great.
1: I'm, I'm so glad that uh, my that uh, my war uh, uh, replacement, war? my replacement value for Alex Fast is like right there with his. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> um, OK, so those are all your costs. Today. Hi, guys. It was Hunter Green. It was Jose Barrios. It was uh, Jeffrey Springs. It was Jordan Montgomery. And, my
2: and some Tyler Glass now. And some Tyler Glass <laughs> now. On there. Tyler.
1: Absolutely. Hey, buddy. Um, let's talk. Uh, something that a lot of us have done in the middle of the day throughout this whole thing, because it's been an amazing experience. But sometimes you just got got to get sleep wherever you can here. Uh, I took a nap shortly before this. I know a lot of people did. So who are your sleepers, Nick,
2: (laughs) (laughs) for 2023? Well done. Well done. Um, All right, so we actually did mention one before, which was Tyler McGill. I think he's going to be jumping up a lot in drafts. Uh, Can I call John Gray one? Is that allowed?
1: I I think I think uh We've we've come to a point in the industry where the words sleeper and breakout and bust all kind of don't have any meaning anymore. Yeah, what is that podcast?
2: It, I don't even know.
1: Yeah, sleepers. There's no meaning. It's it's uh, what is it called when uh, when a word you say it too many times? It loses semantic it satiation. It's that. So sleepers are semantic satiation, yep. and so I'm pretty sure I said that word. Horribly you did
2: it wrong. actually exactly right. But but so
1: what does sleeper even mean anymore? Does anyone know? So let's go back to the live thing. Is John Gray eligible to be called a sleeper? raise your hand if you think he is eligible that is a very that is, that is a very hesitant we got four eric Wilson,
2: Derek cardi we got jenny listen, butler we've saying got, it David there's Nickel. Okay, yeah, okay there's 1500
1: people me. in this room and you picked out the four people who raised their hand okay uh, that they're very
2: it. smart people <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay so what well, you know what you want to talk about john gray we'll give you the the runway here we'll pretend whatever this category is go ahead and, and wax on john gray
2: John Gray uh, does really good things. He throws a 96-mile-per-hour fastball. Now, if you remember when he was on the Rockies, he had some really good stretches right before he was supposed to get traded, and then... Didn't because Colorado uh, woke up and realized it was April. Sorry, August second. All of a sudden, I. Uh, but John Gray had that hot stretch, throwing 96, and his fast his slider is fantastic. He threw it 36% of the time, uh, 42% O-Swing, 42% Zone Rate, 21% Swing Strike right? That's a Bitcoin pitch. That's not even a money pitch. It's a Bitcoin pitch. 156 batting average allowed on that. Uh, lovely offering. He throws it a, over a third of the time, and that fastball when it had that velocity did really good things. I think that a healthy John Gray, and keep in mind also last year, is was about a four year array, He had to rev up multiple times because of injury and it wasn't a smooth season, but when it was actually just in rhythm, he was an ace for you. And at this point you're getting him as an SP five, six or something like that. I mean, yeah, take the chance on John Gray because you will, you will feel good starting him. And then if it's injury, fine, you move on. You're not investing in uh, in Gray as an SP3 and SP4. So, John Gray, I'm, I'm targeting everywhere in my leagues. I think he's being slept on. Uh, he should be going up in drafts, I, I imagine. He will be outside the top 150, is my guess. I don't know. It's November 5th. I have no idea at this point, but I'm calling him a sleeper at this point.
1: Uh, So far in uh, the NFBC drafts that have been done uh, since the season ended, he has gone outside of pick 200. There you go. Um, There it is. He's definitely someone. Again,
2: 26% strikeout rate last year, uh, 20th hardest fastball. Uh, He's good. He's good. Get John Gray.
1: John Gray or Jordan Montgomery? Who's going? John Gray. Okay, because Montgomery is going forty picks before John Gray. See, there you
2: go. Don't don't do the bear. All right, go for John Gray.
1: Actually, I I did hear that that show's uh, really good. It's on Hulu. The Bear. I heard it's really good. Anyway, okay. So that's there- what I call Jordan Montgomery Jormont. There's other there's other pitchers to talk about. What? There are.
2: <laughs> no way. You still have more. You've listed. Oh here. my God. I thought name, picture name. list was just John Gray one, <laughs> two.
1: Name name John Gray.
2: No, it was uh, Jackie at three, Chan. Three, Sunny Gray. Okay, uh, Sunny Gray. There you go, Jay Gray. Just do Jay Gray, Josiah, Josiah gray. gray. Yeah. Um, another sleeper, Mackenzie Gore. That's uh, not a gray. that's a Gore. You're off by a few. Oh there. gosh. Um, Mackenzie Gore is going to be getting playing time now with the Nationals. I hope he's healthy. If he's healthy and getting in pitching in spring, everything's good. I. It's interesting. The Washington Nationals, I don't have any faith in development at this point. I remember being excited when Josiah Gray became, hey, came over to the Nationals. Thank you um, for Trey
1: Turner. I, I didn't do anything. I wasn't even That <laughs> okay. was like a. Oh, yeah. Like a the gentle, Dodgers listened to this. sorry. Like the a, Nationals listened to this that was podcast. Like a universal. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did, you did great things with it, right? You won a World Series in 2021 with that? Okay, good. So I. Uh, Mackenzie, um, Josiah Gray went, he didn't model. do any development. He just got playing time, but there was no change in it, right? Um, yes, uh, what is development without failure, but you need to have success at some point with it. And he never changed. His fastball is still really bad. Mackenzie Gore has the things. He doesn't need to change anything he's doing. He just needs the playing time at this point, mm-hmm. um, which gets me very excited about it. There is something to be said about the win totals. Again, focus on the win totals early, and then this is not that. Mackenzie um, Gore has a really good fastball, a really good curveball. I think there's also times when he has a slider or change up that actually show up too. Mm-hmm. consistent playing time. I, I think Mackenzie Gore can be a very good uh, asset for your fantasy teams.
1: Yeah, I, I think the one thing I'm really going to take away from that was uh, what is development without failure. So that way, whenever I don't go to the gym, I fail to go to the gym. I'll say, listen, I'm just developing still.
2: Well, you have to it's, it, you have to have the failure. Then you have to have the personal inventory to make that correction. Right, but the Uh, failure helps you learn to get success. Cool. I'm
1: like 65% of the way there, just not the correction. All right,
2: just undulate properly. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right, so so Mackenzie Gore, Tyler McGill, John Gray. uh, Who else should people be uh, not sleeping on? That they're someone that
2: I think is interesting, and I keep going back and forth. I really want to go after because, as I mentioned, the twins are not really a team, and organization that I do want to chase Mm -hmm. um, because they do have those limitations about third time through the lineup. Just like doesn't matter third time through, we're done. And I personally believe you got to let them tell them, hey, we want you to go through the third time through the lineup and then train for that. But Bailey Ober has a really good four-seamer, and there have been times that his slider has been good, too. Uh, If he can continue to improve that slider, Bailey Ober becomes a legit starter. Uh, And I I think it was outside of 350 um, last time I checked, which is insane to me. Um, so Bailey Ober is yeah he's being slept on right now and I would heavily consider him at the end of my drafts.
1: So uh, I don't know where you look at ADP because uh,
2: uh, you might be looking at it from 2021. No, no, I, you didn't. I, I you refreshed it? it. Yeah, oh, this is
1: this is yeah this is just since the end of the regular season. Okay, seasons. so I see 237. Yeah, 237 bare, is 237.
2: essentially the twentieth round of your 12 teamer. That right. sounds good to me.
1: Right. So, uh, we're, we're a long way away from Bailey Ober being overrated. Yes. Um, good stuff. So
2: he, I mean, his name is Bailey Ober Rizzi to me because he throws four seamers up just like Jay Goder Rizzi.
1: If his ceiling is Jay Goder Rizzi, I, I think I'd want to do a little bit. Yeah,
2: he's better. He's a better four seamer. Okay. Well, no,
1: peak peak Goder Rizzi was a good thing. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Thank you. Uh, we can't really go long on this one, uh, uh, as given that it's live, people mm-hmm. have uh, you know okay. things that they that they want to do. So,
2: so let's so let's do this. Uh, I'll give we have one a home and if to? someone has a question, come up to the mic as I talk about Cody Morris very quickly. Uh, Cody Morris is someone who might get the fifth starter. Uh, the Guardians, please. Oh, thank you. Don't all at once. I <laughs> come up for a question, um, but I but Cody Morris is could be the fifth starter for the Guardians, and I mentioned him yesterday in the outside the top three hundred and fifty. I th- kind of dug his command, um, and Cleveland works with guys pretty well. Um, he's a fastball cutter guy; it could be decent. And if you're, that's more of a sleeper for your, for your deeper leagues, 15 teamers, in um, 12 teamers, I don't really think I want to do it unless it's like a good matchup early on, uh, which I don't think Cleveland does yet. Uh, but uh, Cody Morse should be on your radar a little bit, just saying. Oh, yeah, right. If he does get that position or that that rotation spot. Yeah. I might want he, they get the Mariners and then Oakland. So if he is the fifth starter and goes against Oakland, that might be a like a Michaelis or a Merrill Kelly situation where you have that good matchup early on mm-hmm. and then you say, Oh, that was good. And then Oh, just, there's another good matchup. Eh, I guess I'll we'll do one more week. Oh my gosh, it's September. Yeah. You know, and that could work out with Cody Morris.
1: And and Cleveland's a team that I I mean. I'm not going to speak for you here, but I generally
2: feel like they know how to develop uh, starting pitchers. They do.
1: It's really weird. They don't know how to develop fastballs. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, that's what they they went after. You know, they're like, OK, they think that the inefficiency is breaking stuff, right? Right. Um, so they've really uh, yeah.
1: doubled and tripled and, you know, all of the down on, yeah. on Cody Morris uh, and all the breaking balls. Um, if anyone does have questions, please. Now is the time. I'm and speaking to the mic. Speaking to the mic. Yes. Oh, is is lovely.
2: Good? Oh, wonderful.
0: David. OK. Yes. Thanks. So you were very high in a pitcher last year, enough that
1: you wore a shirt. Let's go. Can Shohei Otani do it again?
2: (laughs) Um, Ariel Cohen made a really good point about Shohei Otani in that he has more opportunity to get injured than anyone else. And (laughs) I thought that was fascinating. Um, I'm a little scared about that. I undervalued him a lot because he had 130 innings in 2021. Through a lot more than that this year, I thought that was a cap for Shohei Otani. That was a guy who did not go on the IL, but they skipped him every so often. I was like, yeah, this that seems reasonable for hitting all the time and also pitching. Then he did more than that. Uh, I feel like it was a peak. That said, his he increased the slider usage massively, uh, and that slider is top five pitch in the game. So, if that it is dope, it is. Do- I stopped saying that. Why did I stop saying that? <laughs> thank you, thank you, David. Uh, but yeah, Shohei Otani slider is really good, and if he's starting regularly, I mean, he can go. You know, he he will be a per inning high quality, right? One of the highest out there. It's just about how many you go for. Uh, I'm finding myself not going for Shohei Otani because I f- feel you can get those 190 inning guys, and I f- I think that that sets you up super well. While 150 or so, and also you won't get a two star week in head to head if you're nah, playing a head to head league. He never will. There's something to be said about never getting that extra starter or the extra start each week. So I think a little bit too much risk, uh, not as much of a ceiling as we want uh, with the workload. So that means I'm probably going to be staying away. But It's a great I, shirt, though, isn't it? I love it.
1: To be fair, though, so obviously you're coming at it from a position of pitching and only yes. thinking about that side of the ball. But yeah, Otani is someone who's very format dependent, though, where... Sure. Are you are you staying away from Otani overall? If you're playing in a daily moves daily lineup,
2: I mean, he, look if he's if, if it's a daily moves, you're and Otani should both. be should be one one. Okay. I don't I don't really see a scenario where he's not.
1: Okay, so yeah. so in that format, it's not Otani. Stay away because I'm worried about injury. Sure, yeah, Otani the above. pitcher. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I just think. Yeah, that's good. You got to do that absolutely. Any any other questions? Uh, we've got the microphone here. Y'all can. This is this is your chance as the pitching guy for anything what is it? Uh, pitcher dude? Uh oh you boy. really gotta know. <laughs> you really gotta know your what? stuff. No, I think this is
2: Hello Astro. Um,
1: as far as my questions go, this is probably on the lower end. Um Baltimore <laughs> I, has uh become like you trust them to develop pitchers. I feel like we trust them to develop pitchers, more than, more so than we used to at least. That's okay, yeah. Um yeah, I'm not saying they're like they're not Cleveland, but they're not like. Yeah, they used to be. Right, they're, they're, right also, right they're also not Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, they're yeah and they have an overall better team, mm-hmm. and I feel like we talked about them a little bit last night. And their their whole rotation always shows up. I'm like, ooh, keep an eye on them. You got any thoughts? Any thoughts on Baltimore?
2: Um, I think the raw stuff of all their starters is, is pretty meh. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez, obviously, I'm really excited about. He's someone we should be looking at. It's. You can take a chance now on Grayson. They should have him in the rotation. He should have been up earlier last year before he got injured. Uh, I would be shocked, honestly, if Grayson isn't in the rotation at, on May 1st. Uh, and I think that once we see him in the spring, he's going to shoot up draft boards. Uh, but otherwise, I'm a Cal Braddish. Doesn't really excite me that much. I think his fastball is has a little bit too much cut, and that makes it more hittable. Um, I mean, think about it this way. When you're throwing a fastball, you're either trying to miss the bat above or below. And when you have a cut on a four-seamer, that removes the going above the bat, right? Um, And you're not getting enough sink to get below. So unless you're leaning into a cutter like Corbin Burns, great. But if you remember before Corbin Burns had that cutter, he had a cut fastball, and that was not great. That was really bad. Uh, So Kyle Bradish to me, still has too much work to do. And everyone else in that is a Toby. I mean, at best. Like Jordan Lyles. (laughs) uh, Austin Voth doesn't have that much uh dean kramer dean kramer spencer kind watkins. of has those moments he has spencer watkins a little bit but none of these guys Tyler i mean wells. i don't draft Toby's, right so teller wells uh john means oh oh john means john means business yeah. you know um I, I was talking with Ina before about john means though of you know he was a spin rate guy he was someone that we, we it dropped um and when he does come back which won't be next year likely maybe the end of the year but when it does like is he gonna is that gonna be a problem when he does come back, which would be very, very sad. But, uh, but uh yeah, I think it's going to be more grace than Rodriguez is going to be the thing that matters in Baltimore. Yeah, Good question. Hi. Hi. Um What's your take on Aaron Ashby with Milwaukee? Oh. <laughs> uh, since oh. You, men- since you mentioned undulating. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. Oh, thank you. Great question, Rocky. Love undulation, Miles. I know. Get, get with it. By the way, do you know how to spell it? Do you? Uh what? Hold on. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Aaron Ashby. You. Uh, so I was I was so excited about Aaron Ashby. I actually have a story of going to the Boston meetup, uh, Pitchless meetup. And uh, we went to Fenway. We went to dinner and I'm in the booth with everybody and I'm in the corner of it. And like they're like schmoozing away. I literally bring up my phone because Aaron Ashby started that day. And I had to see like how he performs Like, you. I'll be right there. You know, he had 20 pitches. I got to see this, you know, and I'm just putting him on my phone because like I'm just so hyped by this guy. His slider is amazing. His changeup is good. He gets in the zone, gets strikes with it. The sinker is hard. It's like 95, 97, right? It is not good. He does not command that pitch. And a sinker specifically not being commanded to gives me fear because in my my philosophy on sinkers, it should be in only two locations. Uh, either you are trying to do a backdoor to the opposite handedness. So like Aaron Nola backdoor to righties uh, doing that two seamer. Or it should be the the same handedness or um, or maybe like front door to uh, the opposite one. So like a lefty starts at them and then comes over the plate. Or it should be jammed inside. And that's like the Zach Wheeler mentality. That's the Alec Manoa mentality. that's uh, Jesus, uh, Jose Barrios actually one of his best skills is that as well. And Ashby doesn't do it. Ashby doesn't have the command to sit arm side and jam lefties with this. And then he doesn't. It's not an effective pitch against right-handers. And considering he's facing more right-handers, so it has to be slider changeup with that, I'm a little scared about it. Now, there's also the element of the Brewers being the Brewers where they have three guys that are like, okay, it's Peralta, it's, it's Woodruff, it's Burns. Seems like they're going with Lauer. Great, he's their four. They started Hauser so much and they toyed with Ashby. And it was incredibly frustrating to see that he didn't get any real time to have that development and fail and then adjust. He failed and they had to wait two weeks. Like, that's incredibly frustrating as a pitcher. So I do want to believe that this is the year they make them a number five. They don't go out and get somebody else. It's going to be volatile. There are going to be days that I'm just, like, so excited He had 12 strikeouts. This is the best. I I am go- I'm going to be emotional and so excited and express it. But in my head, I'm like, yeah, but is he going to do it again? I don't know. And that has me staying away because, again, it's about those decisions. And I can't right now. Unless I see that sinker just being pinpointed all of a sudden. Then I may think, like, okay, no, he actually is doing the thing. But right now, I think I might be kind of out on Aaron Ashby, which is so frustrating because it's such a good slider and he's so fun to watch. Good question. Out on Ashby for 2023, but long term. Well, I mean, it's it's just like, all right, is he going to – Go to a four seamer or is he gonna yeah. command that sinker? Yeah. You know, you never really know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's I think that's good. It's four oh six. We went over. We so, did, we did, we we did go a little long. So on behalf of Miles Nelson, on behalf of Nick Pollock, my name is Nick Pollock. <laughs> and we'll talk to you guys next week.